Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Bring, bring it bring it to the bring it Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with the very first podcast of the beginning of the 2020-2021 season cycle. Uh, we are joined by John McKenzie. You can find on Twitter at John underscore McKenzie and also uh, is a part of All Stats Aren't We, which is a Leeds-based stats site. I would assume, based on the name. Uh, feel free to correct me there. But John, exciting to have you on. We, of course, uh, spoke on the Bundesliga show that we had, and now your leads have been promoted up to the Premier League. It's been a minute. Uh, for those that don't particularly <laughs> recall uh, Leeds' presence in the top tier, what's happened in your time away, and how are you getting ready for, for the Premier League season? <laughs> how long have you got in the time that we've been away 16 <laughs> years since we've been gone but most people will remember Leeds for the fact that they did a Leeds uh, coining the phrase uh, back in 2004 they dropped out of the Premier League back then because of huge financial mismanagement which basically ruined the infrastructures of the club so the last 16 years have been slowly trying to claw that back um, through various nefarious owners and various inept managers and various generally quite poor players. So um, the, the the tide is turning, hopefully. And um, but we'll get on to to speak about that. But we had we had um, obviously the tide really only turned once we received Marcelo Bielsa into the managerial chair at Leeds. Um, and yeah, he's the reason why we are why we are where we are. And he's the reason why we run a stats and tactics site, because I don't think we would have been doing that for some of the other managers uh, that preceded <laughs> him. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a roller coaster ride the last two seasons. Uh, everyone will know the, the the sort of ups and downs of the season before we went up. But this season just seemed a little bit more of a of, of a march towards the finished line. Well, maybe we dragged ourselves a little bit. But, yeah, it's great to be back in the Premier League and uh, finally playing some uh, football teams in the in the top of, of the English divisions. Yeah, it was certainly an interesting year down in the championship. You end up topping the heap, of course, and, and coming through uh, winning that particular title. What did you make of the championship season on the whole? And then how did Bielsa's tactics affect that, as you mentioned, uh, how important he was in the promotion itself? Yeah, it was an interesting season. So we started off at a, at a real pace um, and looking at the underlying numbers, looked like we were just going to roll home um, in, in first position and I guess looking back on the table now we finished 10 points clear so that looks like we did sort of roll home but um, we had very much a blip in the in the middle of the season um, after the first 10 games we we lost uh, quite an important central midfielder called Adam Forshaw and uh, after we lost him we lost quite a lot of control and uh, we had a, a little bit of a blip where I think we got a little bit psychologically um, 
overawed by a few um, poor results. It was started off with a, we were three nil up against Cardiff City, uh, and ended ended up drawing three all, which is uh, not our finest hour. And I think because of the the blip that we'd had the season before, um, a little a, a few of those psychological nightmares returned. Um, but we managed to turn the ship around, and uh, in the end, like you say, we um, we we did finish top of the pile. Um, and it was quite an exciting end of the season. Um, obviously, the lockdown affected things. I think we would probably have been quite comfortable had it not been for the lockdown. We came into the lockdown on the, the back of uh, five runs and five wins in a row. Um, and then we started off post-lockdown with a loss against Cardiff City, again, our bogey team. So, um, But fortunately, we, we sort of steered, steered the course. And um, although Brentford gave us a, a really good run for our money, um, everyone's money, <laughs> money to be honest including West Bromwich Albion who who eventually joined mm-hmm. us in the automatics yeah it was it was a good um end end to the season and i think we deserve deservedly went up um and those tactics were were fundamental we played we were a dominant side in the in the prem, in the championship in the same way that manchester city are if you look at the underlying numbers uh we control the ball we control possession uh, we create a lot of chances and we don't give many away so it's going to be fascinating this season seeing what happens when we are um, uh, uh, embracing the sort of underdog status a little bit more in games. Yeah, it is going to be fascinating. And I know as a uh, neutral, seeing somebody like Bielsa in the Premier League is something that I've long wanted. And to see him come up with leads uh, to do it, I think is going to be something a lot of people would be very interested in watching. And I'm certainly interested, as you say, in, in how those tactics play out. Um, obviously, the the squad may be not uh, as strong as other clubs we've seen teams like Fulham uh, the last time they came up overspend try to stay up that didn't work Aston Villa did the same thing managed it uh, thanks to a Hawkeye decision but also obviously uh, of their own merits for a lot of the season if you had to guess which direction do you think you would go the kind of overinvestment, maybe the squad isn't good enough or maybe stick with the people that got you up kind of more in a Sheffield United kind of vein yeah, so this, there's a few things here. The first of which I would say is Marcelo Bielsa doesn't like a big squad, um, which is, I, I think, needs passing somewhat because um, a lot of the time on All Stats, we, we talk a lot about the the actual squad build-up and a, a lot of people assume that because we're a little bit critical of the way the Leeds have done things, that we are therefore anti-small squads. But with this is we're talking like a really small squad here. And so one of the issues we have at the moment is with centre-backs. So we had... We had basically three centre-backs who you'd be happy to start with last season and then a couple of youth backups who we barely used, to be to be honest, probably less than 50 minutes between between them. Um, one of those um, centre-backs is Ben White, who has been in the news a lot, um, yeah. who was on loan from Brighton. We don't know if we're going to get him. I suspect we probably won't get him. So we've lost him. Uh, the other centre-back was Gaetano Berardi, who's a sort of bit part player, played most of his um, career on as a full-back, but has filled in quite well for us as a, a centre-back. And in the penultimate game of the season, he uh, blasted his ACL open, so he will not be playing at all this season. So we, we, we've we lost two centre-backs, and allegedly we're only bringing one centre-back in, um, which is really quite, really quite tight, to be honest with you. Um the the reasons given are that Bielsa doesn't like a big squad. He likes to work with fewer players. He doesn't like to have players sat on the bench who expect minutes. Um, but in this situation, I think given that we play back threes not and are not in significant number of times in the last season, uh, means that you've got basically two centre backs who you're happy to start with, and then a youth player who um, is probably going to be Pascal Pascal Stroik, who is um, uh, uh, well, he's plays for the Dutch. 
youth teams or has done, uh, but he's actually Belgian. But we played him as a replacement for Calvin Phillips, the defensive midfielder um, in the mm. last few games of the season. So it's a really tricky one because uh, you get a lot of the fans saying, well, you know, it's good to use youth, which obviously we, we agree with. Um, but there's, a sense in which you don't really want to be blooding youth in the in the back two of a of a back four when when your first match is Liverpool away. Um, so <laughs> I think there's there's no danger that we're going to overspend. Um, that's certainly not going to happen. Um, I we will rely on players that we've brought through, and you know this is the this is the sort of pack with the devil that was made. You know you bring in Bielsa in order to um, not have to spend so much on on players, or at least that's the that was the um, angle in the championship um throwing money at players wasn't working um buying players cheap from foreign markets and trying to get value there through getting prospects wasn't working so they instead threw the money at marcelo bielsa and his coaching staff um and that brings with it obviously the pro the fact that he's one of the best managers in in england at the moment uh, but the cons that you know you then therefore um i think lose a little bit of control through your director of football because he actually has to cede control of the squad building and so we're in this sort of weird scenario where bielsa will only renew his contract every year um and you don't know if he's going to be there the next season so you end up with a sort of very very thin bare-bones squad um and should he leave i suspect we'll have a sort of mini um wenger leaving arsenal slash sir alex ferguson leaving man united type crisis where you know the squad um, he's just sort of been riding off the back of the fact that their manager is able to hold everything together at once. Mm. So um, hopefully that answers your question. But it's a, it's a fairly co- complex sort of situation at Leeds at the moment. So I don't I don't think we'll spend huge amounts of money. The areas where we're spending money are in wide areas, and why I think the reason we're doing that is because we didn't score enough goals from wide areas. Um, and so I think the thinking is that we're going to have to be quite tight in the middle. So we're going to have to have fairly prolific um, wide players. So we've been looking at players like Saeed Benrahma from Brentford, but also players like Harry Wilson, um, mm. uh, no, Liverpool, I suppose, but he was at Bournemouth on, on loan last season. Uh, and then players like Ryan Kent at Rangers too, um, none of which are particularly awe-inspiring for the fan base. But I think it's just a case of we're not going to spend a huge amount of money, but we are going to bring in players who, if, you, if needs be, we could put them in wide areas and hopefully get a little bit more of return for investment than we did from our, our wide areas th- this season. Mm. Well, you can have Jack Clark back. Um, who didn't serve for you? We do or not want. You. We do not want. <laughs> yeah, that was a very weird one uh, for for them to purchase. Yeah, really interesting. Um, do you think uh, you could afford the wages of maybe like a Ryan Fraser, who who expected the big clubs to come sniffing around, but didn't come after him, but is available on a free? Would I want him? Um, again, he's sort of one of those guys who fits into that into that group that I've already mentioned, right? The um, the, the the players who would probably give us a decent return for investment. He's uh, uh, maybe not scoring so many, but certainly assists-wise with Ryan mm. Fraser. Um, I haven't heard any rumours w- with him, um, so I'm I'm expecting him not to not to be on that list. But yeah, it's it's um it's a it's a fascinating summer really in terms of what we've heard coming out of the Leeds camp from our end, um, from our sources. The club have been very quiet. They've they've really not done a huge amount of announcements. Um, on any sort of area of the of the club and so um i think the fan base are getting fairly restless but i don't expect us to bring many many people in to be honest and i think we're going to rely on the fact that we do have a um and what, what do we call it these days an identity not a philosophy mm. but yeah. we have an identity and, and we have a system and the players know how the system works and i think the the hope is that you can do that thing where you go into a league and people 
aren't expecting the system that you play and then maybe you have a good first half of the season just because of your outlier status um and then yeah maybe maybe clubs will will figure us out a little bit more in the second half but you will hope to have done enough in that first half to to stay up in the long run so i think that's going to be the approach that we that we take going into the premier league hmm. Yeah, I just pulled the Ryan Fraser thing uh, out of thin air just because you mentioned you might need a cheap wide player. And I was like, hey, <laughs> there's a pretty good one out there on a free right now. Um, you already name dropped uh, Calvin Phillips, who's obviously terrific uh, in defensive midfield, and Ben White, who you may or may not get back. What other players should neutrals be keeping an eye on from the lead squad? Um, yeah, so the... Well, I mean, I'd, I'd love to say Ben Ben White at this point, um, but I, I suspect he'll be playing in the Premier League in some guise or another. So do keep an eye out for him. He was a absolutely fundamental part of our defence, but um, his defensive partner and our captain Liam Cooper um, has come on leaps and bounds under under Marcelo Bielsa and really fits into his system. Um, other than that. Uh, obviously Pablo Hernandez is going to be interesting to see back in the Premier League he's now at a point where I don't think we'll see him playing full games Um, we we spent most of the uh, final run of the season bringing him on for second halves of games because he has uh, quite a fragile uh, hamstring but he's still one of the most creative players in in English football and I think that it'll be good to see him back on the on the top stage Um, and then beyond that I would say I'd say probably Luke Ayling, actually, our, our right back, who, again, is another player who's been incredible um, since Marcelo Bielsa arrived and um, has really become a, 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 a really brilliant um, sort of flying fullback, um, has a huge amount of uh, of ground to cover and does that really well. And, you know, he's, he's almost become like a late um, a late stage uh, Marcelo for us um, gets gets very long and and, and gets very deep into the opposition half and then makes long busting runs back to to defend. So um, watching Leeds is going to be entertaining this season. Um, there would there will be goals one way or another, and um, that yeah, there's some fun players to keep eyes out for. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, well, we'll certainly do that. Uh, we already talked a little bit about uh, potential incomings, but I'm also curious about a potential outgoing, um, which was uh, Jean-Kevin Augustin, who there are lawsuits being bandied about. Is he still at the club? Is he left? Will he be back next season? What's the status of that at the moment? Yeah, no one really knows, to be honest. It's um, It's become very much a legal issue. So the situation with him was that he was brought in on loan in January and um had fitness issues uh, ostensibly um 
and um, never quite made it into the into the team. He had a few substitute appearances, but I think very quickly fell out of fell out somehow with Marcelo Bielsa, or the club certainly made the decision that they didn't want to um, bring him back next season. Um, this is all well and good, but they had a um, a, a buy on clause that was to be enacted if Leeds were promoted. Um, Leeds's argument is that that clause wasn't enacted because we weren't promoted by the time that the contract ended Ooh, um, because of the COVID the pause COVID. yeah exactly so it's a I think it's a bit of a naughty move from Leeds but um, obviously RB Leipzig are claiming that the, the contract was watertight enough that that should still mean that Leeds have to pay, pay up for um, Augustan so we're in this sort of horrible position now where it's going to go through the, the law courts and um, I suspect Leeds will have to pay some sort of compensation, but um, I can't remember the fee off the top of my head for uh, Jean Kevin. Um, but it's, it was like twenty it's up, million or something. Yeah, it's up there in the twenty million brackets, um, which is not great to be paying out for a player that Bielsa has made very clear that he doesn't want in the squad now. So I don't think it's going to be the case that if Leeds are forced to pay the money, they just say, "Well, we'll pay it and take him take him on." This is very much a case of. Um, of them paying whatever compensation they have, and I suppose him becoming a free agent or staying at RB Leipzig. So yeah, it's a bit of a mess, and um, it's not very helpful when, as we're talking about, you're trying to go through the transfer window and, and build build the squad um, a little bit. So yeah, it's um, a little bit of an unsavory issue, and it will rumble on for a little bit longer, I suspect. Yeah, and you got to imagine that's kind of affecting some transfer plans if you're worried that you're going to have to pay uh, anything near that for a player. That you might not actually have sure. at the club next season. Um, mm. What other positions uh, do you think you might see additions, and maybe what positions do you think you might see departures in terms of players that were, were good enough for the Championship squad, but perhaps might not make the grade uh, back up in the Premier League? I don't think we'll be losing many players. I think the only players who will go will be players who go out on loan because they don't feel as though they're going to get enough minutes, and those will be youth players. Um, in terms of bringing players in, I think there's a, probably a gap between what I think we should bring in and what they actually do bring in. Um, so the, the noises that have come out of the Leeds camp have been that we are going to get a centre-back, we are going to get a wide player on the left, and we're also going to get a sort of uh, Pablo Hernandez replacement who will be able to take up some of the min- minutes that he'll be giving up this season. Um, so those are the three places that I think we'll see people brought in. Um We've already brought in a youngster called Joe Gelhart, who is a, a what he's a forward from from Wigan. So we got him on the cheap uh, because of the uh, Wigan's unfortunate um, financial situation. And then we've we've sort of bumped up a few from um, loans to buy. So Helder Costa was a loan to buy, and we've uh, paid for him. And our goalkeeper Ilan Melier, um, who was on loan last season, is now being bumped up as well. And then Jack Harrison, we had on a Again, a weird loan to buy option, which I don't think was um, was brought through. But then you got him back, back on loan on, anyway. Yeah, we've got him back <laughs> on loan anyway. So rather than paying straight up for him, I think, again, they've just tried to amortize the finances a little bit by keeping him on loan because City are happy for him to stay with us. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's not going to be a hugely exciting um, transfer window for, for us this season, as I don't think it will be for a lot of clubs in the Premier League. But I think, again, the, the, the fans are probably a little bit disgruntled about this because, you know, when you spend 16 years out of the Premier League and then you finally get in, you sort of want some kind of marquee signing. And uh, I'm not sure whether or not that marquee signing will actually arrive. 
Yeah, well, perhaps not marquee, but I know as a as a Spurs fan, there's been lots of rumors about uh, Bielsa wanting uh, Juan Foyt for a while now. Also, mm-hmm. a uh, certain center back from a certain German club that you may or yes. may not support being bandied about as well. Uh, you said that you might need a center back. Perhaps if you loan Foyt and Botcock, that would kind of solve that issue? Yeah, although I did notice that Foyt played yesterday and uh, got a f- fairly delicious uh, assist. Sure did. So I don't know. I don't know. You'll you'll know better than me what his um, uh, look in at Spurs will be, but would definitely take Juan Foyt. I think his his profile is is very similar to to Ben White's. The problem is, and I've been doing a bit of scouting for for all stats, and we put out a few. We put out a scouting report every week if we can on on some kind of linked player, and so I've been I've been looking at um, Robin Koch from Freiburg, who you mentioned there as well. And we, we have looked at Foyt before, and Foyt follows that that profile really nicely. Um, the, so I would happily take Foyt. Um, I would happily take both of them, to be honest, um, on straight-up um, buying options. I, I know that the Sun was banging on about Foyt being um, available for about 15 million. And so I think uh, – and um, Robin Koch has been allegedly um, – T- touted at about 10 million so 25 million for two center backs i think would be would be perfectly fine and um you know we, we're already talking around that sort of fee for ben white anyway the problem with ben white is that you're talking about a player who's already a generational talent as far as i'm concerned he will be playing in an for an elite team within the next few years he will be a starting center back for england at some point i have no doubt and so it's quite hard to actually determine who's going to be good for the system or who's going to be a good replacement for him because no one that we're going to be able to get is going to be as good as he is um robin koch is is an interesting one he's not quite the same profile at all as as ben white he's um a bit more of a ball player than a than a ball carrier which is ben white's brilliant at, at dribbling the ball he's excellent um in defensive situations where he's sort of one-on-one and he can sort of um, beat the press of an opposition player and and carry it around them and uh, continue the build-up play from there um robin Koch is a little bit more hesitant on the ball in in terms of um the build-up play but he's a, a much better defender he's much better in the air than ben white ben white's weakness is his aerial play so it's it's going to be fascinating if we do bring in Koch because um I think a lot of people will expect him to be a like-for-like replacement, and I don't think he will be. Now, that's that doesn't mean to say that he won't fit in the system, and the question is always, you know, how do you get what you want out of the system depending on who you've got in there? The, the, the system is very flexible, and it, it depends on who is in that system as to how it actually looks as a, as a collective. So the, the, it will be fascinating seeing who they bring in through as a, as a centre-back. And, you know, I'd be happy with Cork at, at 10 million, but I would be happy with him as a sort of as a third centre back and then have another sort of maybe more slightly more, more marquee centre back who who is ahead of him. And then you've got three potential starting centre backs and then a youth player backing up in that situation. So if you play a back three um, at any point, you've got the option if one of the players gets injured to 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 bring through. But we, we, we really didn't struggle with injuries, to be honest, at, at centre back last season. So we were quite lucky. Ben White played every minute of the championship. And I think a lot of fans are just assuming that whoever we bring in isn't going to get injured. And that's where, the, for me, the worry comes in with only bringing in one centre back because, mm. um, say, uh, Liam Cooper gets injured, which he, he often does. He will he misses about 10 games a season, pretty much. Um, if he's injured and then we bring in a player um, and we, we know that Bielsa takes a while before he's happy to put players in the in the, in the starting eleven anyway, um, we could go into, against Liverpool with like a youth player and a, and a new um, centre back, which could be um, quite nerve wracking for us, especially so. with a three week preseason. 
Yeah, no, exactly. And against that front three. So, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. And, um, you know, my disappointment with the club is that really that the director of football isn't isn't able to really balance off Bielsa's need for a small squad and say, well, look, look you're not going to be around forever. So you've got to you've got to give me some kind of leniency with squad building for the future. But, um, you know, Bielsa is Bielsa. And the, the reason why he's still here is because the club have been quite deferential to him. So it's it's just a sort of catch 22 situation, really. Yeah, uh, not to make this about Tottenham, which, as you know, I I do often, even (laughs) on shows about German football. But uh, regarding Foyth's availability, he is currently Tottenham's fifth center back in the priority ranking there. And he's eating up a international or more specifically non-homegrown spot. Um, So I think it's very likely that he's loaned out, a little less likely that he's full on sold. But I do not expect him to be in the squad uh, past October 5th, which I believe is the... uh, transfer deadline so he he should be available um because tottenham basically need to sell international players to bring in international players at this point such as our homegrown situation um if you do address some of these uh key issues and and you do avoid the injury bug as you kind of mentioned there what are what are your expectations and maybe the the general fan expectations though they may be juxtaposed uh for the coming season (laughs) Well, look, I'm a I'm a I'm a man who looks at the statistics and looks at the tactics and stuff. So what I'll what I'll give you is a best case scenario and a worst case scenario, yeah. and then maybe an ass- assessment of of how I think the the myriad possibilities between those two will stack up. So best mm-hmm. case scenario, I think, is as I've described it, is we go into the league and we get a certain amount of um, uh, purchase from the fact that play uh, that clubs haven't played against us before, and so um, our fairly unique tactical um, approach is is able to give us. Uh, the edge in some games and so we have a fairly good first half of the season and then even if um, as I've said clubs then come back in the second half of the season with a bit more of an idea of how best to counter us we'll have got the points to to comfortably stay up that's the best case scenario so I I think that uh, that's that's sort of finishing pushing towards mid table probably um the worst case scenario is that you know we you, you go into the first four games and the first game is is liverpool um if you if you have a poor result there you then go to fulham and um or you have fulham visiting us so that's maybe one of our most important games of the season is the second game of the season fulham at home um after having just lost to liverpool in the first game of the season you know anything can happen if we don't win that game we then have sheffield united um who who a tough team to beat now and then we have Manchester City so first four games worst case scenario you don't win any of those and you're you're sitting at the end of the first month of of the uh, Premier League season without any points to your name um, it's very very hard to sort of drag yourself back from there um, especially after having had the momentum of of um, winning the season um, before um, and and so you know rele- relegation has to be very much on the cards as well as an option and to be honest i think you know you've got to you, we've got to be aware of the fact that um the of of all those many many possibilities between the best case and the scenario and the worst case scenario more of them are weighted towards us um finishing in the relegation zone than finishing towards the top half of the table uh, and so i trying to be sort of fairly pragmatic about these things i think um i think leeds if everything goes right for them should be fairly comfortable in in the league to stay up uh, but there's there's all those possibilities of things that could go wrong and you know like i've said if we if we only bring in one center back and we end up having an injury crisis in that position things can change very quickly so i i'm i'm plumping very much for 17th is the the position that we are aiming for um but there's there's leniency either way we could we could finish much higher than that i know that infogol have got us finishing 12th in the table which obviously we would take quite happily um 
but at the same time you know relegation is a, is a very strong possibility too so i'm just trying to be pragmatic about these things and, and with our fan base just say you can't just think in terms of the best case scenario um because there's so many different options so you know take the best case take the worst case and plump somewhere in the middle with the with the um admission that there are things that probably could be sorted out like the squad size um and uh, assuming that certain things happen we all saw what happened with norwich last season and mm. you know it's very easy to say well you know they were naive tactically as as the pundits like to say but actually if you look at them they they played f- fine football they they caused teams problems and they went into lockdown with the possibility they had a couple of easy games straight out of lockdown which had they won they could probably have crept out of the um out of the the, the relegation zone but as it was they lost those first two games and then and then sort of plummeted from there anything could have happened if the season hadn't gone into lockdown so you know it's it's it this is this is with the nature of football it's a stochastic game you know the it's it's the, there's a lot of randomness a lot of chaos there and um Leeds could stay up comfortably or they could go down and um the, the the difference between those two margins is is just little things going wrong for them a little injury here or a player getting upset and wanting to leave in January there you know or or at sort of runs of form and momentum just not going for us so yeah it's uh that's a very miserable thing to say as a fan because I think I'm supposed to be really positive and, <laughs> and probably over exaggerate our, our our place but um for us we're we're trying to get that fan base very much aware of the fact that you know you're looking very you're looking every game thinking where are we getting the points from this season um if we do this well then we'll we'll stay up and we'll deserve to so rather than just going in being like oh we lost to Liverpool that's it now we're going to be awful you have to <laughs> kind of think of it a little bit more pragmatically and say well you know Liverpool haven't lost Anfield for for however many games it is um a very very long time um that's not that's a game where if you get points out of it then great but the the games that you are wanting to to win are going to be the the, the teams below eighth place they're the they're the, the games where you're expected to get your 35 points or whatever it is from so yeah it's going to be a very pragmatic sort of um attempt to stay in the season and that's that's really our priority yeah, so just just safety or bust, and then kind of disregard the cup competitions in, in the pursuit of that goal. Yeah, I think so. Um, although, having said that, obviously the championship has forty six games in it because there's so many teams in it, and um, that means that with a, with uh, four fewer teams in it, the Premier League gives us a lot more leniency in terms of fixtures. So you never know; there might be uh, there might be some attempt put in. To, to to go for a little bit of a run in one of the two competitions. I don't know how they'll look at it, but um, I was looking at it. I think the first midweek fixture in the Premier League is somewhere like December, whereas in the Championship, by December, you've played four or five midweek fixtures already. Um, so it's certainly going to be a different pace for, for Leeds um, in in the Premier League. So they may they may try and keep that pace up by by going for it in the, in the cup competitions as well. Hmm. Yeah, and in in this compressed season where you get crazy things like Tottenham playing seven matches in September when the season doesn't start till the twelfth, just with everything piled in, you might actually be really well set up to handle that. Um, whereas a lot of sides might not be, especially lower in the table that aren't used to having mm. the European competitions, uh, where December there are loads of match weeks, uh, and all yeah. of a sudden, uh, you know, you have a club like Leeds that are experienced in that with with that championship experience mm-hmm. and the congested fixture list. So yeah, that that might really. We're also, uh, we're also a very fit team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcelo Bielsa is very on top of nutrition and fitness, and because we play a quite intense um, defensive game um, when we're out of possession, it just means that we're really we just have to be really really super fit. And so again, that could suit us quite well going into the Premier League. 
Yeah, sounds like a, a lot of off-pitch things could really benefit you in terms of how the club's set up, in terms of how you've, mm. uh, where you've been playing in the championships and much of the light. And, and yeah, Bielsa's tactics, both uh, footballing-wise and also just in all of the facets of being a manager. So I, I'm optimistic for you. How about that? We'll, we'll, we'll leave it Thanks, there. Tom. Hopefully <laughs> you have, have good luck this season, and it'll certainly be interesting having Leeds back in the Premier League and then Bielsa along side so anyway really appreciate you coming on and and talking leads with us if people want to hear more from you where can they do that yeah so all the stuff i'm putting out is is on leads really is at all stats aren't we on twitter um which is which is our channel so do head over there we we focus on the stats and the tactics so we put out um a lot of sort of breakdowns of what's happened in games i do a preview every week of the team that we're going to play and how Leeds will probably look to get something out of it and i just put that up as a thread on the the twitter account as well so a a lot of opposition fans actually quite enjoy that because they like seeing my assessment of what they're doing and then laughing when it goes horribly wrong so um if you are an opposition fan and you want to have a good laugh after Leeds get tanked and i said that they would be brilliant um then do head over there (laughs) if if you view your your analysis as saying Leeds are going to be brilliant full stop (laughs) maybe people weren't listening too intently uh but absolutely a pleasure having you on uh best of luck for the season i'm sure we'll speak soon hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.